when I was a kid, I would go entire days pretending that I was a character from my favorite movie or book. I had vast, complicated experiences of make-believe my entire childhood. I would see the whole world around me as serving my story. And saying that out loud could come off as self-centered, but what it really did was shift my daily experience to one that I infused with magic and confidence. And that energy, what we are going to call main character energy, is what I want to talk about today. Let's get into it. You are listening to the Memoir Method Podcast, the place for writers, readers, and anyone who appreciates the collective power of our stories. In this podcast, we explore the impact of memoir alongside an examination of writing techniques and strategies used in the genre. Whether you are a writer looking for inspiration and guidance or a passionate reader seeking meaningful connections through shared experiences, the Memoir Method podcast is your go-to conversation spot. I'm your host, Charlotte, editor, writer, and the heart behind Bookish Edits. I'm so glad you're here. Let's get started. You may have heard the term main character energy before. If not, let me describe it for you. This is a term that's really hot in the zeitgeist right now, and it means that you are living like you are the protagonist of a story. So you know, and you've got mail, when Kathleen Kelly is walking to her storefront, you have the music that's playing on the soundtrack, the conviction in her steps, the look of complete assurance on her face, that's main character energy. And it is important to make a clarification here because main character energy is not self-centeredness or narcissism. What main character energy is, is rather an embodiment of self-respect, self-confidence, and healthy boundaries. So when you move through your life with main character energy, you're still aware of how your behavior affects others, you still want to nurture relationships, and you still want to navigate the world with people and in community. So how does this energy, this way of moving through the world, relate to writing and memoir specifically? Main character energy shows up in memoir writing in two distinct ways. You are the literal protagonist of your book. To write a memoir that will engage your readers, you have to treat yourself as an actual character in your book. Because you are. You are the person the reader wants to know. You are the person that the reader is following and becoming invested in. And when we are writing memoir, it's so easy to conflate you as the writer with you as the character. And successful memoir writing happens when you know how to differentiate the two. So let's think about your favorite book character. What do they care about? Who do they care about? What are their motives? Why do they do what they do? How do they relate to conflict and obstacles? What are their blind spots? You could probably even find a character sheet online for your favorite character that outlines all of this. I want to use an example for Hermione Granger. She's a character most of us will are familiar with, one of the best side characters in Harry Potter. Hermione cares about achievement, excellence, and learning. She cares about herself and others only as far as how well they are following the rules, and she's pretty oblivious to feelings when we first meet her. Her motives are she wants to achieve, she's a very high achiever, and she wants to be recognized for that. She's subconsciously very competitive, 
and she cares deeply about what others think of her. And she does this because she wants to prove how smart she is. And she also wants to fit in and somehow thinks that being better than everyone else is going to achieve that, even though it actually achieves the exact opposite. Some of her conflict and obstacles are that she is pushy. She's a know-it-all and she has a hard time letting other people in and she has a hard time seeing the bigger picture. Her blind spots include others' feelings and also acknowledging, she has a hard time acknowledging her limitations of knowledge. When she doesn't know something and someone else knows that thing, it is very hard for her to acknowledge that she was missing something. As the Harry Potter series progresses, we see a major shift in Hermione. She starts to care more about justice than she does about following the rules. She cares more about her relationships with her friends than she does about what she looks like to other people. She still cares a lot about knowledge and learning, but that knowledge and learning serves a greater purpose to bring good into the world, to affect justice in the world. The areas that used to be her blind spots, others feeling or recognizing others feelings and those limitations of knowledge start to become strengths. She starts to notice when other people are feeling a certain way. She is, that is something that shifts throughout the series and she is much more able and willing to recognize and accept when she doesn't know something and that someone could know more than she does. However, that is something she does. She does continue to struggle with, but she also grows through that struggle. So I hope that that is making sense as we look at a fictional character and how a fictional character is treated in this popular series. Now I want to use myself as a character and I want to share with you what myself as a character could look like. So this is Charlotte in the period of my life where I, I was unaware of the state of my mental health. I was unaware that I had crippling anxiety and I just thought that I just had to, to grit my teeth and muscle through it. So this is, we're going to treat her like a character. She cares about looking like she's okay. She wants to take care of the house and her children, and she wants to be seen and understood, even though she doesn't see or understand herself. She cares deeply about her children and husband, her friends who are a lifeline, as well as people she goes to church with. Her motives in this period of her life are to pull it together. She is struggling, but she needs to, she needs to figure it out and pull it together. She wants to stop losing her temper. She wants to feel in control. And she wants this because if she can pull herself together, that's going to prove that she's a good mom. That's going to give her value as a wife, homemaker, as a believer in God. All of these things. If she can pull it together, then that's going to prove that she's good at what she's trying to do. Some of her conflicts and obstacles are, are a breakdown every, every now and then. And by that, I mean crying. She freezes, bursts of temper, feeling a lot of shame. And this is all kind of behind behind the scenes. Not many people in her life know that this is what she's experiencing and she doesn't know how to vocalize it, even though she's okay asking for help. She just didn't realize that she needs help. So her blind spots are the state of her mental health. She does not know what she doesn't know. She doesn't know that postpartum anxiety is a thing. She doesn't know that she needs help. And so how can she ask for it? 
She's unaware of resources that can help her and her feeling of self-worth and her perspective of the bigger picture is suffering. And then here is how this character transforms. She reaches a point where she does realize what is happening. She's listening to a podcast, a light clicks on and she realizes, oh, uh, this is what I am struggling with. This makes everything else make sense. And so she seeks help. She goes to her healthcare provider. She starts taking some medication. She eventually goes to therapy. She starts talking about it very vocally with a lot, with pretty much everyone. So she's able to reach out. She's able to know, she starts to know what she needs and is able to advocate for herself that way. And then as this character progresses, she starts to become empowered in her mental health. She loves to share about it. She loves to bring awareness to it. And in so doing, she is a light to so many other people who don't know how to navigate their own mental health darkness. So think about those two examples for a moment. That is how I would write myself as a character in a memoir that touched on this mental health crisis of mine. So what is your transformation as a character? Where do you start? Where do you end up? And what happens to bring you there? This is all also, all of these questions are a crucial part of building a solid memoir foundation, and that deserves its entirely own episode. So we won't go too deep into that. But as you are thinking of yourself as a character, look at the transformation that you have been through. Look at how you could describe that and share that to someone. If you can look at yourself separate, you have you as the writer and you as the character. That is one of the main ways that main character energy is going to show up. So how can you infuse yourself as a character with main character energy? Uh, Hermione is not a main character in the series, but she has a lot of main character energy. She is in charge of her destiny in the book. She is decisive. She takes action. She is not an, a character that is acted upon in the story. She is one who takes action. Myself as a character, main character energy for me shows up when I realize what's going on in my head and that there are actions I can take to change that. As, as I find more autonomy and resources to recover and manage mental health and start to thrive again, that is where the main character energy shows up for me. So where does it show up for you in your life? Where do you as the protagonist start to shine and really embody that main character energy? All right. And the second way I said, there were two ways that main character energy is going to show up as a writer in memoir. So the second way is main character energy as a writer. And this is how you engage with your writing time. And more importantly, the mindsets that you tap into as a writer. I'm going to give you an example that is very, very mundane, but stay with me. So let's take a chore like mopping the kitchen floor, which reminds me, I do need to mop my kitchen floor. <laughs> so very often I approach this task with begrudging energy. I don't want to do it. It feels like it's wasting time when I would rather be doing something else. And this 
headspace makes the experience a little arduous and a little frustrating. That makes this experience a little arduous and a little frustrating. And I might not even do as thorough a job as I'd actually prefer just because I don't want to do it. Now, if I came into this job with a more positive energy, that with a main character energy, that would change the entire experience. I could make sure that my kids were occupied or away so that I wouldn't be interrupted, which is often a huge source of frustration for me when I need to immerse myself in a task. I could plan out the audiobook or podcast episodes that I want to listen to, and if I really wanted to get into a good headspace, I could express gratitude that I have a home to mop. Now, mopping is not a very exciting application of main character energy. So let me share one more example before we apply this to the writing life. Back when this business was itty bitty, I took on primarily freelance work. After I wrapped up work with my first memoir client, I realized that I really wanted to host a memoir mastermind. I planned out the six-week curriculum and even got a published memoirist to agree to come and talk to my group. I made one social media post about it on what was then primarily a bookstagram account. So that is an account on Instagram that is devoted to just books and bookish things and book reviews, not specifically memoir. So I made a post about it to an audience that I had not primed, that didn't really know what I did, and uh, honestly probably didn't really care very much. I talked about it a little bit, but here's the thing. I went into the experience expecting people to not sign up. So guess what happened? No one signed up. Now you might be thinking, oh, that's very much a business strategy problem. And you're not wrong. There's a lot of business strategy that could have happened in this, in this offer and did not. But underneath that lack of business savvy, this is actually an energy problem. Strategy aside, I talked about this offer for one or two days. That's it. And I did this because I was not confident enough in my offer or in my connection with my audience to keep talking about it. I was waiting for someone else to tell me that I was successful to feel successful. So I was waiting for that external validation to feel the way I wanted to feel. And the energy that I brought into this offer, into this flopped offer, 100% compounded that feeling of, oh, I need, I need someone to, to opt into this for me to be good at my job, for me to be good as an editor. And that's an energy that honestly repels people. Side note, I did turn this around and immediately invest in a branding and social media course. That was the first step of many in creating a thriving business. But imagine how much faster I could have grown if I had adopted main character energy at the very beginning of my business. So now we want, I want to circle back to how main character energy can show up in your life as a writer. What energy are you bringing to your writing? Is it inspired, motivated, and focused? Or do you come into writing feeling defeated, hesitant, and doubting? What questions are you asking yourself when you sit down to write? Is it, oh, I wonder what my reader is doing right now? Or is it, ah, is anyone actually going to read this? Do you see how that energy can affect your writing? Do you feel the the different, the, the way that those two questions feel, how do they feel different, right? 
So if you're feeling motivated and connected to your reader, then you are going to spend time thinking about what they need from your story and crafting a reading experience that serves those needs. You're going to be thinking about your reader and thinking about how your story can help them. You're going to be thinking from a place of connection. If you are feeling defeated and hesitant, however, then you are going to spend your time either questioning everything you write or writing a manuscript that lacks heart. So when I talk about main character energy in your writing life, I want you to think about how you think about yourself. Do you think of yourself as an air quotes, aspiring writer? Because that word is very self-defeating. When you say that you are an aspiring writer, you are focusing on the fact that you are not a writer, not the reality that you actually are one. When you can believe that you are a real writer, bring that main character energy into your writing life. Like this is who I am. This is what I do. And regardless of your publication status, that's something completely different. Then you are going to enter into your writing time and projects with a completely different energy. This energy affects everything from how often you write to how you handle obstacles in your writing life to what you actually put onto the page. Main character energy as a writer shows up in the way that you think about yourself, in the way that you engage with your writing time, and also in how you talk to others about your writing. Remember, this is not self-centeredness. This is moving through the world and your writing as though you were already published as though you're already reaching the right readers. How would you feel if you walked into a bookstore and saw your book on display? It would feel amazing, right? You can feel that now. You can feel that now when you can embody main character energy as a writer. This energy is a forward way of thinking that helps you tap into what you want and the means by which you can get there. So here is what you can do right now. I want you to jot down some ways that you can invite main character energy into your writing life right now. That could be anything from creating a cozy writing space to telling someone that you're a writer. And don't use the words, oh, I'm just writing a memoir or aspiring writer. Like tell someone, this is what I do. This is who I am. And this may be a newer, a newer space for you to step into. It may feel really uncomfortable. Because you may think, and I have been here before as well, well, how can I feel something that I haven't experienced yet? That makes zero sense. So here's what you do. You pretend. At first you pretend. And that is, think about, think about child Charlotte playing make-believe. When I would create entire worlds in my mind and, and craft the physical world around me to fit into this imaginary play. Try that first. If you're having a hard time thinking about, well, what would it feel like if, how would I feel if I actually felt like a writer? If you're having a hard time, do some make-believe. I know it sounds silly, but it's going to work. You're going to start to open doors and turn on lights that you hadn't realized were there. You're going to start to tap into different frequencies and energies that feel good, even though if, even though they're unfamiliar. You may, you're going to start to think, oh, I do want to feel this way. I do want to feel this way. Once you can embody that main character energy as a writer, your entire writing life and what you write is going to shift. Something that can really help you with this if 
you're still kind of struggling to wrap your mind around this is my free workshop identity. This masterclass workshop, it's a combo. It takes this concept of seeing yourself as a writer and goes so much deeper, helping us examine how we think about ourselves and our stories, and then extracting that into actionable takeaways that you can integrate into your writing life right now. Head to the link in the show notes for access to this. It's completely free because if you liked this episode, if you're intrigued by this concept, then you are going to love identity. I promise I take all of this, all of this energy that I have right now, all of these concepts, and I dive deep in 80 minutes and it's going to change your writing. It's going to change your writing life. It's going to change how you see and interact with yourself. So I hope that today's episode helped you see main character energy as an energetic asset that can amplify your writing life in the best ways. And I'd love to know how main character energy shows up in who you are as a character and also how you write. This is a a concept that is fun and it can really shift how we approach our writing because you do have a story that matters. You do have a story to write. And if you want to write, then you can be a writer. The first step is you believing that you can do it. And that's, that's what this episode is about. That's what the identity workshop is all about. So thanks for tuning in and let me know your thoughts on the identity workshop and what your takeaways were. And I will see you next time. You've just listened to an episode of the Memoir Method Podcast. The Memoir Method Podcast is presented by Bookish Edits. If you liked what you heard, the best way to support the show is to subscribe through your preferred podcast player. And if you're feeling especially inspired, I'd love it if you left a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Leaving a review really does help other readers and writers like yourself find the show. If you want to continue the conversation, you can find me on my website at bookishedits.com or on Instagram at bookish.editor. Thank you for tuning in. I'll see you next time. And remember that you have a story that matters.